Yo, Chad, what if I told you there's a platform that could completely revolutionize your hiring strategy in a matter of hours? Yeah, I'd call bullshit. Well, it's not bullshit with AI for Jobs, powered by our friends at This Way Global. Okay, I'm listening. Uh, While everyone else is fishing in the same old talent pools, AI for Jobs can source over 160 million diverse candidate profiles. This Way Global has established unique partnerships with over 8,500 trusted diversity partners. So wait a minute. All of the hard on-the-ground work is already done. That's right, Cowboy. You can discover 300 qualified candidates per job rack instantly. Wow. It's like having a candidate sourcing magic wand. <laughs> Dude, if you had a magic wand, you would have Mexican pizzas all day. Mm. Uh, stop distracting me, Sowash. AI for Jobs Advanced Matching Algorithm analyzes past applicants using trillions of historical matching events and over 1,600 data points. Now that is what AI should be doing, saving recruiters time on sourcing while they provide a white glove candidate experience. Let's wrap this shit up. I'm hungry. Listen up, kids. Revolutionize your hiring process today by jumping over to thiswayglobal.com and checking out AI for Jobs, where you can learn more about how to leverage AI for your recruiting instead of just writing poems and grocery lists. That is thiswayglobal.com. We out. I'm going to be over the top. Say hello to the easiest way to find interested and qualified candidates. Dude, you need to tone it down. I was just napping. Uh, You mean Uncommon's automated sourcing that turns passive candidates into interested and qualified applications? Yep. Uncommon automation helps recruiters cut their sourcing time by 75%. Well, how much coffee did you have today? A lot. Anyway, dude, 75%. That sounds like black magic or something. Close. It's called automation. It's simple, actually. You just feed or post your jobs into Uncommon. The platform identifies your job requirements, and in seconds, Uncommon uses those requirements to search over 150 million candidate profiles. And then it pulls back only the qualified candidates. And don't forget, you can connect your email and Uncommon will provide automated outreach with your customized messages to activate those passive candidates, those pesky passive candidates. Even better. I'm going to one up you. Uncommon shows exactly how the candidate meets all the job requirements with a side by side comparison view against the job requirements, which means you won't be asking yourself What in the hell is this candidate doing here? No, but you will be asking yourself, where has Uncommon been all my life? Seriously? Uncommon is the easiest way to find qualified candidates, active or passive. Visit Uncommon.co and use discount code CHADCHEESE for 20% off. Uncommon.co Hide your kids. Lock the doors. You're listening to HR's most dangerous podcast. Chad Sowash and Joel Cheeseman are here to punch the recruiting industry right where it hurts. Complete with breaking news, rash opinion, and loads of snark. Buckle up, boys and girls. It's time for the Chad and Cheese Podcast. (laughs) 
Say a prayer, boys and girls. We're going to try to get through this show uh, unscathed. I'm Joel Cheeseman of the Chad and Cheese Podcast. And I'm Chad Sowash of the Chad and Cheese Podcast. On today's show, we have another uncommon exclusive uh, special treat today. Uh, saw this guy speak in at Jobgate, uh, the Jobgate conference in Nashville. Was super impressed with him. Uh, he lives in Aspen, Colorado. He has got an undergrad degree from Georgetown and has a master's from the University of Chicago. Other than that, he's a pretty decent guy. Welcome, Michael Woodrow, to the show. Hey guys, thanks for having me. Appreciate it. Hold on, I'm trying to get the applause button. There, there we is. go. There we go. I need a bigger screen to get all my my sound bites. That's what she uh, said. Michael, before we before we dive in, uh, give the audience who I'm guessing most do not know you personally, but may know your companies, um, give us the elevator pitch on you and what you do and why you're here. Sure. We uh, so I've got a business called Aspen Tech Labs, and we actually just had our 10 year anniversary party uh, this past Friday night. So we've been around for a little while. We kind of work behind the scenes in the recruitment tech industry. The bulk of our business is uh, jobs data management. So job scraping, we move a lot of jobs content around from applicant tracking systems into advertising platforms like ZipRecruiter, Monster, and um, Broadbean, and you know lots of guys like that. We move jobs content around. We synchronize it. We kind of keep things um, keep things flowing between the ATSs and the advertising platforms. We also have our job board product called job mount. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a kind of a cool product. Hopefully we can talk a little bit about today called career site cloud. It's got a nice uh, Google for jobs interface and a job alert system. And it's a, it's a career center product. Yep. And job mount and spider mount, a lot of our audience uh, members in the vendor side will know, uh, will know that job mount's been around almost 10 years, right? Yeah. I mean, it actually predated the business a little bit. Uh, my former partner who retired recently um, started doing one-off job boards about 15 years ago. Mm-hmm. And then we uh, we launched uh, Aspen Tech Labs ten years ago, and Job Mount was our first product. So yeah, Job Mount, and then yeah, piece of our our job data management business is called Web Spider Mount. That's the scraping business. Yep. Well, let's dive in. One of the things you you really wanted to talk about, and we can get to to the industry stuff uh, as we as we go on. But you were at Jobgate in London and uh, had quite a bit of takeaways from that. What, can you sum up some of the, the highlights from that show? Yeah, I mean, I, I would say that. Um, I mean, you know, first of all, um, you know, one thing that's interesting is that, you know, JobGate and, um, you know, there's a conference coming up in, in March called Rec Plus. It just, it seems like the, uh, the, the community of, um, of attendees in Europe is, you know, nothing against the U.S. people, but is a little more vibrant. It seems, it seems like the U.S. one is, is, you know, sorry, you were there and I was, I were there. So, I mean, kind of the usual suspects go to the U.S. ones, but in the, in the European conferences, it's media firms, it's, you know, advertising firms, the Stepstone guys are kind of all over the place there. Um, you know, Russ Media, there, there's there's lots of, uh, you know, lots of activity from, um, you know, lots of different firms as opposed to just kind of the usual suspects. So I think that's one thing that's interesting. It's pretty, pretty vibrant. It's really well attended. You know, 200 plus people are there. Um, I think they do a good job. You know, one thing, one takeaway that I had that I thought was really interesting, I think mo- most people took this away too, is there, there's a Spanish firm called Job Today. And um, they built their business from almost nothing in about four years. And they're um, they kind of, you know, they're kind of like a snag a job or, a, um, you know, retail or kind of lower, you know, lower end employee um, site. And they do um, almost exclusively, they do um, employer marketing through using Facebook. I just kind of think about Facebook as being something for candidates, really, not for employers. But they say SMBs are all over Facebook. They're concerned oh, yeah. about their 
um, their social presence, et cetera. And so they're there. You know, you can really advertise to SMBs on Facebook, which I, you know, people were just kind of blown away by that. And they showed some stats that were pretty cool. And they said, and then for millennials, which is oh, their, their target audience, <laughs> almost exclusively Instagram and Snapchat. That's where they attract their candidates. And um, so, you know, that was really interesting presentation, their growth. um, You know, he admitted they had some good funding, so they were able to spend some money um, where kind of startups have trouble with that sometimes. But uh, that was one takeaway that I thought was pretty interesting. And I know know that AIM Group had a report that uh, Job Today has posted uh, a job in the U.S. for you know, someone to head up uh, North America operations. So they're, they're coming over here pretty, pretty quickly. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's interesting. They didn't talk about that at all, but uh, it, it doesn't surprise me. It seems like they're well-funded and they're, uh, you know, they're, they're moving. So that, that, that's something that certainly was interesting, but yeah, there was definitely a good vibe. Another thing that was one trend there was that, you know, kind of job boards that are just providing jobs to candidates the Stepstone guys and some more of the kind of the mark, you know, more um, recruitment marketing firms, they were, they were kind of telling me that they don't even think those guys have a chance of surviving, that you really need to be, the, the sites really need to be a place for candidates to gather information and to, you know, interact and the jobs can be one part of what, of what you're doing on the sites. So, I mean, they really, the, the um, it sounds like the guys from, um, from Stepstone uh, particularly are spending a lot of focus on that. That might be because unemployment is so low. Another thing I learned there is that unemployment in places like Hungary and Croatia and places like that are like 6%, 3%, 4%. I didn't know that. I thought kind of those Eastern European countries were much higher, but lots of action in those places. And, um, you know, people are being smart about, about recruiting because, you know, if you have, if you have full employment, you have to be smarter about recruitment, right? Yeah, we talked to we talked to Wolfgang down in New Orleans during TA Tech over at Stepstone, and I mean those guys are an entirely different animal. They like to they like to build everything instead of partner for things. So yeah, I could definitely see where they want to be able to grow out um, something that obviously is more than job boards, more on the interaction engagement side of the house. But all of that being said, let's get to the meat of this stuff because you had kind of like a rant uh, that you wanted to go on with regard to. Google for Jobs, Google APIs, and uh, Tarquin are those guys showing up to these conferences and really saying nothing. So give it to us. I, I love the sponsors of these conferences. You know, they allow me to speak or whatever. So, you know, I'm not kind of bashing on the JobGate people or anything, but it just seems like this guy Tarquan, I forget what his last name is, Tarquan Clark Clark from Google, shows up at these conferences and he and he, he's not part of Google for Jobs. He, he claims to know nothing about it. He's part of the Google... Um, cloud side, um, which is the Google API, Google Hire, that whole side of it. And so if you think about the audience, the audience is recruitment tech people and, you know, programmatic advertising and job boards and everyone. And people are saying like, what the, what the hell do I care about Google Cloud and, you know, and, and Google, Google Hire especially, you know, maybe Google API, not really sure. I mean, I, I don't really see that in very, you know, in, you know, widespread use. But um so he comes up there and he talks about it and people kind of get excited that he's there, but he doesn't say anything. And everyone kind of, you know, when he walks away, at least the people who seem to know what they're talking about are kind of like, well, that was a waste of time. <laughs> well, it's a nice draw to have Google, Facebook, LinkedIn and whatnot at your conference. Yeah. 
You know, I think that that is a draw to have those people there. But I think I really am kind of advocating to stop having him come to these things. And I'm, I'm going to talk to, you know, the people at AIM and Louise and everyone just like, you should tell him that he can't come alone anymore. He's got to bring somebody from Google for jobs so they can talk about what's going on. The, the real... Well, that's like, okay, so that's like Indeed, going to Indeed and having somebody speak from Indeed, but they have no fucking clue what's going on in their search group. You realize that, right? So they've modeled that like Google and Google and their search team is pretty much behind like frosted glass and shit. So you can't see, you can't really have engagement with them. Not to mention, I'm sure you've seen the antitrust uh, suits that have come out of Europe with regard to Google, right? Yeah. Why do you think Google doesn't? Because obviously Tarquin knows what's going on at Google for jobs. Like strategically, why do you think they play that game? You know, the only thing I can think is that they they just don't want to answer the questions about, are you guys going to charge for advertising on Google for jobs? Are you going to continue giving uh, traffic to job boards on Google for jobs? I think they just don't want to answer those questions and then be held back later to say, hey, you told us this and it's not necessarily true. So that's the only thing that I can think. That's the only reason I can think. I mean, I guess there's well, some Chinese, you know, Chinese wall type stuff that might make sense too, but. Well, there's that. And I mean, Tarquin, his whole job go to market is the API stuff. So his focus is to be able to go into those types of environments, to be able to talk to job boards and say, hey, look, I'm going to paraphrase your job search sucks. It's for shit. You should actually use the Google API job search, just like career builder, Jibe, all these other recruitment platforms because your stuff sucks. Ours is better. So it's not really his job to talk about Google for jobs. It's his job to be able to sell the go to market side of the API. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that that's what his job is. But I just think the conference people kind of mislead you that, you know, someone from Google is going to be there. You know, we all kind of think it's Google for jobs and, and, and it's not. So I get what his deal is. But I mean, he even started talking about Google Hire. And he was telling everyone how Google Hire is perfect for them and everything. And everyone's sitting there like, what are you talking about? We're, we're job boards. <laughs> you know, so, I mean, he must know. I mean, he's, he's, I mean, he's a Google guy. He's not stupid, right? So, he, he must know. Um, so, I don't know. It's just, it's kind of crazy. Sorry about that. Remark. But, yeah, that, that's, I just, I've seen it three times now or three or four times. And it's just, you just kind of shake your head. Um, but I would like to talk about Google. I think we should talk about Google for jobs. I mean, at some point here, because I think it's super interesting. And before we get into that, I, I'm curious because you've been in the job board business so long and your product. Give us a current sort of state of, of the union for, for job boards, you know, where they are now, where they're going. Are you bullish, bearish? Like what what's going on there? I mean, I'll tell you that when I get a call from somebody, you know, who wants to start a new job board, you know, the first thing, you know, I, I basically tell the person two things. I'm like, you know, I don't know if you're going to buy our job board or if you're not, but here's two things that you can take away from this call, you know, regardless of which direction you go. A, don't quit your day job. And B, <laughs> don't build a job board from scratch. You know, I always tell people that. So, I mean, you know, the, the second one maybe isn't as relevant to the question, but the first one, you know, don't quit your day job is, um, and, and kind of a, a, a side note that I tell people is, if you want to start a job board today, you need to have either some secret sauce for attracting candidates, maybe of connections to an association or your brother is, you know, in charge of the Nurses Association of America or, I don't know, or something like that. But you have some secret sauce to attract candidates or you've got some access to employers that you've been in the industry long. They trust you. They know that you're going to help them hire one or the other. You need to have one of those two things. But if you're in the job board business, 
you know, I, I really, I, I really, you know, maybe I've drank the Kool-Aid or whatever, but I think you need to, you need to offer candidates more than just getting hammered by job alerts, you know? And so, um, so you need to offer them some reason to stay connected with your platform. It's news, it's training, it's whatever, so that, you know, you'll be top of mind when they're looking to make a job change. I think that's the critical thing. What are some examples of job sites and what they're doing that you see that's successful? Um, let's think about that for a minute. So ones that I think, you know, that I think are successful. ZipRecruiter is incredibly successful. I mean, we all kind of have to agree on that, right? Is that something you guys agree with? So, um, you know, sure. and and I love the guys at ZipRecruiter, um, you know, but I don't understand why job boards take feeds from them, frankly. It's a small amount of money to get to push your traffic back to ZipRecruiter so that they can do a better job than you soliciting your candidate with job alerts. I, I don't understand why job boards you know, are willing to do that. I understand absolutely why ZipRecruiter is doing that. So why is ZipRecruiter doing so well? Because they are really just an alert type of job board. I mean, they don't have any really additional content. So you were talking about being able to to do more than just the original, the the, the alerts and that kind of content. But that's really all ZipRecruiter is doing, right? Yeah, I mean, I think I think I think they're a force. And so, you know, there's somebody who can just by brute force and and, you know, basically all they do is sign up job boards to provide you know, to buy traffic from. So they'll buy traffic from a job board. Job boards are always looking for additional revenue streams. They're, most of them are willing to sell their traffic to ZipRecruiter, but then ZipRecruiter captures all those candidates and they've just built this massive job alert resume database, yeah. you know, resume database and kind of job alert database that they can just, um, you know, and, and they're good at it. You know, they're, they're much better at it and they've got the broad platform. They can they can send, you know, engineering jobs to an engineering person and music jobs to a music person. I mean, they can send, all, you know, all of those. So I think they they're, they're probably the exception. They probably don't need to provide a whole yeah. bunch of content for people. But I don't think, you know, I don't think your average job board like, uh, you know, jobs in sports or golf talent or, you know, um, foot jobs in football. I mean, they can't compete with somebody like job like uh, ZipRecruiter when it comes to job alerts. Okay, listener, how can you help your employees become more productive? I have answers. How about automating manual and repetitive tasks, giving meaning to data, then allowing that data to actually drive decisions? And how about matching people to your jobs quicker? Well, wait, the Chat and Cheese has a new LLM? No, Cheeseman, I'm talking about Text Kernel. Ah, okay, that makes more sense. What I'm hearing is the groundbreaking concept of, wait for it, yeah, simplicity. <laughs> seriously, though, seriously. Text kernel cuts through the complexities like a tortilla chip through some hot nacho cheese. Oh, my God. Really? Nacho references already. Anyways, Text kernel uh. brings efficiency and productivity to your operations. Text kernel seamlessly unifies your tools and data to drive efficiencies and success. Text Kernel is creating new opportunities for your recruitment journey. Kind of like adding guac to my barbacoa burrito. Oh my God. How about extracting meaningful insights from data? I mean, that, that's something. Swiftly matching yeah. people with jobs, automating repetitive tasks. Who knew such advanced concepts were even possible in the land of human resources? Uh, we did, Chad. We did. Dude, wrap it up. I'm a little hungry. Imagine that. Uh, okay, listener, 
Get ready to use today's tech to drive efficiencies and productivity. Visit TextKernel.com. That's T-E-X-T-K-E-R-N-E-L.com. Mm, nachos. <laughs> And Indeed's success was similar as well, right? Uh, providing backfill for all these job boards, uh, which by the way, they put a little link in the bottom of every site saying jobs provided by Indeed, which helped their SEO because of the links they were getting. I mean, they're basically using the little guy uh, to leapfrog them to success, right? Yeah. I mean, that's how they built their business all over the world. And I, I, I hate those guys, but they're genius. Their, their business plan was absolutely genius because I had some job boards at the time and they were just giving you massive amounts of organic traffic and everybody kind of relied on them. And then I was in their office in Connecticut, you know, eight years ago or something like that, meeting with them about scraping and things like that. And, you know, I saw every Monday they had like 50 new, co- 50 new college grads and all they were doing was giving them all these job boards to go take their clients, call them directly and say, hey, why are you working with ABC Job Board? You should be working directly with us. You don't have to pay per month. We'll pay it per click. They that whole thing. They were, it was genius. That, 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 that's, what, that's what they've done. The, the, thing I, the, the thing that's really still boggles my mind, and I wish I, I wish I could ask Google two questions, not just one, but the second one I'd ask them is, why the hell did you give so much status to Indeed job postings? For years, they gave Indeed, but but I mean, why? It wasn't original content. It was just aggregated content. The algorithm. Okay, so here's the thing, and here's what we've learned, is that, and this is actually something that we learned through talking to Colin Day and some, some of the other uh, in operators that are out there, is that Indeed was providing almost live feeds into Google and providing them with jobs almost as they were posted through the applicant tracking system. So they were banging the hell out of applicant tracking systems, getting feeds from uh, job boards, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they seemed to be the only place that was providing that kind of content that fast. So I think it was pretty simple for Google. It was like, yeah, well, these guys are obviously the source. They're providing us more jobs per second than anybody else that's out there who's providing them, you know, like in 24 hour, 12 hour feeds. And by the way, the backlinks were there. Uh, People would go to their site. It was user friendly. They would stay on the site. I mean, it wasn't just the free frequency of, of scraping and uploading into Google. I mean, nobody played the SEO game mm-hmm. better than Indeed, which yeah. is why they became Indeed. I don't know if you can blame Google for that. Um, Google has, has an algorithm and they say we don't play favorites. And um, if you are, according to our algorithm, the best results for these searches, that's how you're going to uh, you know, be in the top of searches and Indeed played the game really, really well. They were incredibly focused, which nobody else was. So that being said, let's get the hell away from Indeed for a second. Let's go to Google for jobs. How does Google for jobs disrupt even more than they have thus far? Or, or do you think they will? And this will just kind of be where they sit. I mean, no, I, I, th- I think Google for Jobs is going to be a- absolutely the force in, you know, in job search. I just think, you know, what, what we're hearing from people, I mean, so we see it. So we have, we have this platform where we can scrape jobs from an ATS. You don't have to change your career site. You don't have to do anything. We just grab jobs from your ATS. We populate kind of a parallel career site. We push those jobs to Google for Jobs and we see the traffic. So it's not massive traffic, but it is growing. But what we're, what we're seeing is we're seeing super high apply rates. And we're hearing in the industry, if you guys you know, Google it or whatever, check it, check it yourself if you don't think you know, I'm right. But people are saying they're, they're, they're higher, higher, higher rates. So Google for Jobs is generating much higher, higher rates in other places. 
And the only thing I can think is that people, when people go to Google and they look for a job, they're serious about looking for a job, right? And so they didn't get a job alert. They didn't get, you know, bounced into some other way or whatever. They went to Google to look for a job. Google's trying to make it really easy for them to show them relevant jobs that are close to them, et cetera. And then they can choose where they want to go to apply. They can choose to go to the directly to the ATS. If it's offered there, they can go to LinkedIn or they can go wherever to apply. So Google's making it easy for them. So um, everything I'm seeing is super positive. And if you look at the real estate that Google for Jobs is giving, it's just massive. They're giving an, almost the entire first page to Google for Jobs. And you know, getting back to your Indeed example, maybe that is the answer that I've been kind of struggling for. Because you know, I do believe that Google wants to make the search experience. Google will do whatever they can to make the search experience optimal for the, mm-hmm. the person who's searching. And if Indeed was delivering that for them, then there's the answer to my to my kind of quandary. And I think that's what they're trying to do with Google for Jobs. They're trying to make the search experience as simple and user-friendly as they can. Hey, Michael, you had some really uh, interesting insight into sort of the things that are, are solid optimization tips in Google for Jobs. Uh, for example, one of the things I think you said was, uh, you know, if if they're actually applying that your jobs are going to rank better or if you have salary information, you know, Google's going to look at that more uh, better than um, if you don't have salary data. Can you give some optimization tips that you've seen from your business in Google for Jobs? And I'm also curious about... Uh, Old SEO, so you know, old SEO of the job mount, you know, getting ranked for Toledo jobs versus maybe how companies should be looking at SEO today in a Google for Jobs world. Yeah, I mean, I, I would say you know, so Google's got their schema, and it's not that complicated to to follow. They don't care about geolocation because they know it better than anybody. They've got their own you know maps um, API that they can just run all the jobs through, and they'll have the geolocation. So they don't really care about that. You know, they certainly care about job title. They don't care about any categorization because they're taking the job titles and the content and they're better than anybody at dealing with, you know, with making sense of content. So they're, you know, and it was funny. I mean, at the job gate in London, people were complaining about it. Oh, why is Google showing me a physical therapist job in London and everything? And my point is they're going to figure it out. They might today show you a physical therapist job in London, but you know, every day they're getting smarter and smarter about what they're doing. So, you know, there's the Google schema. And if, if anybody who's listening here, you know, doesn't know what it is, just send me an email or Google it. And it, it's pretty easy to get the jobs in that format. Follow that. They do like salary information. So even if you can have a range that you're going to rank higher, if you've got a range of salary information versus blank salary information. So, um, you know, it's a little dicey if you're a job board and you're collecting jobs from, let's say, BP or Kraft and they don't have salary information, you know, are you going to add that to the job to push it out to Google for jobs? It's a little dicey to do that. But, you know, it, it's kind of up to everybody how they want to handle that. But salary information is going gonna, is gonna to help you rank better. And what we're also seeing is that on the Google for jobs screen that comes up, you'll see um, LinkedIn usually comes up and CareerBuilder come up. They're kind of either two partners with Google for Jobs or something. They usually come up kind of first or second, but the ATS can, you know, the career site can um, stand up against those, those, even those, you know, those powerhouses. So I believe that over time, Google was, is going to give more status to the career site. Because again, if you believe my premise that Google wants to make the experience as clean as possible for the user, getting that person to 
the ATS, if it's mobile friendly, is going to be a better user experience than kicking them to Zip and then Zip kicks them to Indeed or not Indeed, and Zip kicks them somewhere else and everyone's collecting information and people are dropping. So, um, you know, I, I think that I, I see that's where they're, they're going. They're not quite there yet, but I think that's the direction they're going in. I disagree when it comes to that, because in some cases, like if you go to an easy apply s- scenario, you're going to get somebody who actually applies through Indeed or LinkedIn or or one of the actual vendors versus going through a 20 minute apply process and they eject. So I, I think there is there's no question there. There's a great opportunity for um, applicant tracking systems and companies to focus on their user experience overall to ensure that they get much better rankings on Google for jobs. But uh, I, I don't think that's played out yet. I think that job boards and job sites are really going to work extensively on UX so that they can continue to gain rank. Um, that's just my personal opinion. Yeah, I, I, don't dis- I don't disagree with that. Yeah, right. It makes sense. I mean, I think, Google, you know, it comes back to my point. I mean, Google is smart about this. They're going to try and figure out what's best for the user. And if a quick apply is the best for the user, then they're probably going to try and direct somebody there. You're probably right about that. So let's talk about another mammoth organization in Amazon. They've uh, they've made some strides with AWS Educate, and uh, they also started to to tack a job board onto that. Can you t- we talked about this in one of our one of our uh, podcasts uh, last week, a couple of weeks ago? What what's your take on this? So I mean, you know, so the one thing we said at JobGate that I thought was interesting that you know maybe you guys have said this already, but so LinkedIn's in the job business, they're Microsoft, Google's obviously in the job business, Facebook's in the job business, Indeed. I mean, the biggest guys are in this business, so it, you know it makes me bullish on the industry, right? So you know these guys wouldn't all be here if it wasn't interesting, and here comes Amazon, you know, saying, hey, we don't want to be left out. So this AWS Educate platform that they have, I mean, again, it's it's you know just like Indeed, you have to respect Amazon, no matter what you think about. Amazon. Mm-hmm. So they're saying, hey, here's, let's build a platform and let's display jobs for cloud engineers and let's provide training for cloud engineers and let's provide, you know, content and other things to, to keep, you know, um, people interested. And then, you know, the idea being, I think that once those, you know, those people who feel, who feel, who look favorably on AWS, when they go out into the world and they're choosing a, uh, um, a server partner, they're going to choose AWS. So I think it's genius for them to do this, and there's so many of those jobs. I, I think that they, I think that AWS wants to capture every cloud job and even maybe broader every technical job of all the AWS partners, and they want it, they want it to be a value add. They're not charging for it. They want it to be value mm-hmm. add for the partners. I mean, we pay AWS a lot of money, and we're a tiny little company, so you know, everybody's paying AWS and AWS is saying, Hey, we're going to, we're going to, you know, we're going to give you something else for that too. We're going to help you find people. One of the things that I think uh, definitely sparked this whole arms race and employment was Microsoft dropping, you know, $26 billion for, for, for LinkedIn. Uh, That definitely got everyone's attention. Uh, Any acquisitions in Amazon's future that you see? I've been talking about Slack for a long time. Uh, I could see ZipRecruiter maybe being gobbled up by them or maybe Facebook. What do you see on the M&A frontier? It certainly sounds interesting. You know, I mean, I think if you look at LinkedIn, and you look at, um, you know, they've, they've got that, they've got that, you know, professional network that they, that they built. They basically, Microsoft now knows about all of us, you know, right? They have all of our personal email addresses. They have everything through LinkedIn. So I think that was, that made, that certainly made LinkedIn, you know, interesting for Microsoft. So, 
you know, is that why ZipRecruiter is building this massive, you know, job alert system? Because they're collecting user information. They know where these people are working. They know what jobs they're interested in. They, they have a lot of information there. So, you know, could that be something that's interesting? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I know the Zip guys are, you know, happy building their business and having a lot of fun doing it and everything. So I, I don't know about that. But, but I think user information is of great value. And Microsoft kind of proved that, you know, paying for LinkedIn. Michael, last question uh, for me. We talk a lot about on the show uh, automation and, you know, sourcing automation. Uh, you know, Google released out of beta, you know, the ability to, you know, post a job and automatically see, you know, who in your database is uh, a good candidate. Um, and we see this with, you know, LinkedIn has an SMB tool where they, uh, they sort of go into your or they go into their LinkedIn uh, directory and, and give you candidates for the jobs that you just posted. Um, this is an uncommon exclusive. I mean, they just launched a, a sourcing tool that will search 150 million you know candidates to bring up uh, you know candidates that they believe are good fits for your job. Um, the question, I guess, is your thoughts on the automation trend. Um, at some point, do we even need job postings, and is that a, a viable business for the future? Yeah, I mean, so it's interesting. I mean, I'm I'm a recruiter by training. That's where I come you know at this, and so 20 you know 20 plus years in recruiting, and so I'm old enough to say, oh no, that'll never work, you know. But uh, but I'm also kind of smart enough to say, yeah. I mean, you know, technology is going to is certainly going to continue to disrupt. I haven't seen anything that does a really good job with it. But if you think about what LinkedIn is trying to do, they've got this, you know, just gigantic professional database and being able to help recruiters match candidates and just narrow lists down um, and then contact them. I think that I think there's definitely a huge amount of power in that huge amount. And I, and I think that's you know, I really believe that LinkedIn is, 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 is a recruitment technology firm more than anything else. Um, I think that's where they make the bulk of the revenue. And so it doesn't surprise me that they're doing that. And um, I'm, I'm optimistic that they're going to that they're going to continue to improve on that. But I don't know. Uh, I don't know if I'd go so far as to say that we don't need postings. It'd be a much better show if you did. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, Michael, man, I know you're a busy guy and uh, there are probably, uh, you know, mountains to ski or something there in Aspen or uh, fires to cuddle up next to. But um, uh, thanks for coming on the show. For anyone that wants to know more about you or your company, where would you send them? So they can just go to AspenTechLabs.com or I'm just Mike at AspenTechLabs.com. Shoot me an email and I'll be happy to tell you about the Google schema or, you know, how to get on Google for jobs or, you know, anything like that. Happy to do it. So thanks, guys. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Thanks, Michael. And uh, chat. Yeah, we out. We out. Hi, this is Stella Cheeseman. Thanks for listening to the Cheese and Chad podcast, or at least that's what I call it. Anyway, make sure you subscribe on iTunes, that silly Android phone thingy, or wherever you listen to podcasts. And be sure to give Bucket some money to our sponsors. Otherwise, I may be forced to take that coal mining job. I saw on monster.com. We out. You've got questions. We've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions 
you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.